Welcome to Soaring with Eagles with your host, Crystal Richardson, a.k.a. Sergeant K. Each week, we hear from Crystal and her successful guests as they share their triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a full life complete with financial freedom laced with fun and fulfillment. Crystal takes a controversial and edgy approach to unveil interesting facts about millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, and how they have accomplished life success while giving back. Now, here is Crystal Richardson. Good morning, everyone. This is Crystal Richardson with Soaring with Eagles. We're really happy to be with you again today. Today, we have an interesting um business that we want to discuss. It, it, it took an interest to me when I when I saw um, a, I guess it was a, a documentary portion related to their business and just the innovation of this technology and, and what it's doing for our planet, for water in the world, I thought was just really, really interesting. So I got in touch with these guys and, and they agreed to be on the show. So welcome, Michael. Welcome, Vincent. Hello. Thank you. And so the name of their company is Woosh. Am, am I saying that properly, guys? <laughs> Woosh Innovations. Woosh Innovations. Okay. And so uh, and if you don't mind going ahead and just introducing what this technology is so that uh, our listeners will be able to, to follow along as we go through this interview. Yeah, we, uh, we created technology um, that in layman's terms, gently moves fish up and over dams. Uh, traditionally, that's been a problem for fish when they're swimming up river and they encounter a dam. They're either stopped there or they have to work their way up a fish ladder, which is very, um, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult for uh, a fish that's carrying thousands of, of eggs when it's trying to go spawn. We gently glide them up in seconds, up and over, and then gently deposit them on the other side of the dam. Um, in, in doing that, we we're able to not only have the environmental benefit of helping the fish, but we also are able to, you don't need the fish ladder anymore. So there's a lot more water you can use to generate more carbon free power. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, we're also uh, much more economical than building a fish ladder. So there's kind of a, a trifecta there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for those of you who just joined us, I saw that there were some that just joined. Uh, welcome to the show. Today we are with Woosh Innovations, and we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, some of their technology and, and how all of this came about and how they're able to not just help fish, but, but uh, to save water and help and actually help our planet. So with the introduction that you gave, Mike, uh, we really, really appreciate that. So how did all of this come about? What was the, what was the why? What was the, the, was it, did it start with fish? I know that there's a little bit related to uh, some other ways that you use this technology, but can, can you go into that for me? Mike, should I take that one? Uh, yeah, have at it. You were there. <laughs> uh, you know, we were solving a different problem, uh, and that was uh, in the fruit industry, how to m mechanize the picking of fruit. And it was in the fields of uh, uh, both apples and or uh, apple orchards, as well as citrus groves down in California, where we became aware, um, more aware of the acuteness of the problem between fish and ag. And... Uh, it was, uh, and that was really, the, there was not a, enough water for both. And so one or the other was suffering. So we were in a, in a orchard down in uh, California, uh, 
citrus grove and it was we had been there the year before and the next year it was completely dead and uh, the reason wow. that was given was uh, that they had turned off the water for the fish and uh, at the same time up in Washington we were we were uh, harvesting uh, apples up there and seeing these planes go overhead and asking what those were all about and that was uh, they were moving fish over the dam um, not with planes but uh, helicopters rather and uh, that seemed like an expensive way to do that. So we, we really just, uh, we had this uh, core technology that we had developed to move fruit gently through tubes without um, uh, the use of water. And we thought, you know, why, why couldn't a fish go through there? And that was, that was the, uh, the beginning of the thought. Um, and uh, uh, so we were really trying to help the fish and separate the water and the fish, but coming to understand as we worked in the field, uh, just what, the extent of the problem was worldwide um, and how it, it extended really into the energy field mm -hmm. um, and how necessary hydropower was in order to move to a clean energy grid. Um, and uh, uh, so hydropower uh, was going to be required, but hydropower had this problem of uh, fish passage and, and uh, that's where we thought we could help. Wow, that's amazing. So you went from fruit, uh, agricultural to, to fish. We did. We pivoted uh, the, the entire company to fish ultimately mm -hmm. uh, as the technology was particularly well suited to, uh, to fish because when we were doing the fruit, the best way to decelerate, to slow the, the fruit down once we had it moving through the tube was actually to put it into water. And, uh, and uh, so for a fish, this was a natural the natural thing that you wanted to do right. with the fish was to put it back into water. Right. So it actually simplified our our uh, system uh, using fish because mm -hmm. the fish then swam out of the way. Where if an apple, we put it into water, and the next apple coming through, uh, you know, had a potential of being hit by the one before. So, right. uh, so it it was for us. It was a a better marriage maybe with the technology that we had, and probably a much bigger impact for the world if we could uh, be successful with that. That, that's true. And I know that uh, most people at the grocery store do uh, look to see if the fruit has any blemish or, or damage at all. And so then they go to the next apple or the next orange or whatever it is. And, and, uh, and so having initially a way to, to, to do that, that uh, kept the, the fruit safe. Uh, is something that uh, I think there was another documentary that I actually watched uh, that was to uh, my husband and I watch a lot of documentaries, but um, just on how much is wasted because if there's just one little mark, some people they just go to the next one and then that particular piece of fruit is wasted. But me coming from Michigan, um, as I was talking with uh, Michael uh, a, a week or so ago, uh, you know, I did a lot of fishing with my dad and um, of all different kinds of fish in, in the streams and, and lakes and things and even ice fishing. And so uh, with my love for fish and just looking to see what you guys were able to do for the safe uh, passage, I thought was just phenomenal. And uh, we'll be getting into that uh, a little bit more. Uh, and Michael, uh, you are the director of, uh, is it marketing biz, biz dev? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So how does that work for you as far as um, with your position and, and trying to get more business? Uh, where, where are you guys actually located right now as far as where you have installed systems? 
I'm sorry, it cut out just a little bit, but I think you're asking, what do I do in my role? Yeah, I was asking where, where, as far as business development, are you able to hear me now? Yes. A little bit better. Okay. I was saying, uh, where are you located? Like, where have you all installed these systems and, and where are you looking to go? Uh, um, well, that could be a long answer. So <laughs> I'll make it short. Um, <clears throat> Uh, we have systems in, uh, we have some of our portable systems that are used by some of the tribes here in Washington State. Uh, we have a, a large system being uh, constructed in our facility here in Seattle right now, which is going to go onto the Columbia River a little later this summer. And we have some system in use in Norway, and we have um, uh, uh, a system going into, uh, going into Sweden uh, later, this, later this summer as well. Uh, so in a nutshell, um, the U.S. and Europe. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Um, and I wasn't trying to get you to, to give away any, any, you know, confidential information or whatever, but uh, just the fact that this is an international technology that, that's it's helping the world. Uh, it, it, are there any statistics that you have related to uh, energy and water or how, how this is impacting? Uh, you know, there's a number of uh, ways you can you can uh, look at this, but um, one of the statistics in in terms of well, actually, I can put a dollar value. You know, that's relatable. Uh, mm -hmm. We did a study on the Columbia River of the value of the water that goes down fish ladders. Um, so if if you can use our system to to better move fish uh, up and over along their migratory journey. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you don't need to use the water down the fish ladders. That water can be put toward more clean energy production, which is what those dams on, the, on this particular river do, mm -hmm. produce energy. Um, and on that river, the value of just eight of those dams was $24 million per year. So we could add 5 to 10% more clean power to the grid, um, benefiting the seller or the producer of that power um, in terms of revenue, but in just in terms of society benefiting from clean energy, it's adding five to 10% more clean power without having to build new dams, without having to build new transmission infrastructure. It's just basically bolting on a little, uh, a little tool of ours that happens to be uh, very good for the fish, for the environment. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So are you working with uh, local governments uh, in various areas or uh, how does that work as far as what sectors you, you work with to get this technology put in place? Yeah, we're working with um, state and federal agencies. Um, you know, there's, there's been a, uh, a way of doing things for, for many years um, that, um, involves a lot of, of proving out of our technology, which we've been doing. Um, so we're, we're, you know, we've, we, I think we've hit that critical mass or we've gotten to a lot of, uh, made a lot of progress anyway with a lot of these agencies. Um, there's a lot of interest in our, our product, but there is also the, this is the way we've been, we've been doing fish ladders for a hundred years. So that takes a little bit to overcome, but we're getting there. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I, go ahead. I was going to add, I, so, We've, uh, we've the Chief Joseph project is uh, a U.S. Army Corps project. We also did a project at the Bonneville Dam with Army Corps, um, and that was putting in uh, the scanning sorting capabilities that we have built into the system, which we haven't talked about yet. Um, and uh, U.S. Bureau of Reclamation uh, was also uh, 
very instrumental in our early pilots. Uh, we, we've done three different pilot projects with them. Uh, so if you look at the, uh, the users of the technology, we've been uh, quite involved, and the tribes as well have, were really the earliest of the adopters, uh, and the state of Washington uh, as well. So from a public perspective, uh, we have um, had our hands full, actually, <laughs> um, uh, both uh, educating and working with the various agencies and their, their respective rules. Um, and at, the, at this point, um, the National Marine Fishery Service and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service are the two regulatory agencies that we've had to work with uh, over the years. And we have done about 20 independent studies with them that uh, uh, are all available up on our website. Because uh, the most important thing, uh, uh, primary, uh, apart from the benefits that we're achieving for power, hydropower, though, was really uh, improving the fish path fish passage, and uh, that meant it had to be uh, safe, timely, efficient, and effective for the fish. Mm -hmm. um, and that is what uh, we're very proud of, that uh, uh, there's no question in our minds that uh, any fish going through the tube is going to be better off than one that had to climb uh, up uh, a whole series of steps. And, and our studies show that the fish then reach the spawning grounds uh, better because of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, just for the purpose of those who are not familiar with why a fish would have to do that, again, I'm from Michigan and, and, and growing up with my dad, the whole spawning process. Can you just, uh, Michael, just kind of explain what that is? A lot of people are not into fish and don't necessarily understand that. And, and after that, I just want to say, uh, or before that, I just want to say that even if you're not into to fish. I mean, everyone's into water and, and the fact that, you know, we need water and to be able to save that and the whole energy aspect of what they do and the innovation portion. We're going to be talking about, as you know, on Soaring with Eagles, we talk about uh, concepts related to the businesses that we interview. So uh, we will be getting into more discussion related to the innovation aspect. And uh, I just want you to stick around for that. Like I said, even if you're not into fish, uh, this is very, very key what, what they've done from a technology perspective. So uh, go ahead, Michael. Are you able to just explain a little bit about uh, the spawning process? Sure. Uh, fish fish um, have, an, at least the salmon and a number of other species of fish have um, a natural instinct to um, they migrate out to sea and then they return back up the rivers to where they were born. Um, but they're... they're they're, as I mentioned earlier, um, particularly in the, I'll use salmon as an example, um, they're carrying thousands of eggs, and there's quite a journey that they that they make when they go back up river, um, and that you know they're trying to avoid predators like sea lions, or um, um, uh, they have to get up and around barriers such as dams, and um, you know we like to say we're well basically they they head they head all the way up to where they to where they can go spawn, and then they lay their eggs, and again there's you know, a couple thousand inside each each uh, salmon uh, lay their eggs, and there's that many many more that can come back down. So it's really important that the more that we can get safely upriver, and we like to say we're a fish first company. Um, uh, the more that we can get safely upriver, then it's an exponential return uh, to to head back down. Yeah, it's very important to, as I mentioned, to get them safely upriver to spawn, so you can get that many more down to complete to re redo the migratory cycle. Fishery, many fisheries have been in decline over the years, and um, the more that we can get up, the, the better we can start to turn that, 
turn that decline back around to help restore fisheries again. Right. And without that, uh, fish become more and more scarce as they actually are. And then the price, you know, for those who, who love to eat fish uh, mm-hmm. goes up. Right. So everybody should be interested in, in what you all are doing. You're trying to save us money is what you're trying to do, right? <laughs> like I said, we're a fish first company. We're trying to save the fish. But yes, there's a benefit. We save you money too. Yeah, I'm talking about eating them. I know. That's I understand. Bad, but, uh, but yeah. So, um, okay. So when we get back from break, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the innovation aspects and um, I really appreciate you all being on in and we write back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Join us. Sponsor us. Provide internships for us. Echelon Leadership Institute Open Enrollment starts in January for our Summer Leadership and Business Boot Camp. Students ages 7 to 12 can enroll in Echelon Junior, ages 13 to 21 in Echelon Core. Get enrolled and gain the edge you need to succeed. Echelon Leadership Institute. Join us this summer because mediocrity is not an option. Go to G3QARA.com or call 480-227-9743 today. Want to shift someone's destiny? Calling all CPAs, a.k.a. community and corporate partners in action. Become a community liaison or a corporate sponsor for our Give Hope Drives for the homeless and needy families. Donate tax-deductible funds, food, blankets, and books. Sponsor and serve our monthly luncheon, mentor a youth, or go on a foreign mission and make a difference. Contact our Soaring with Eagles radio show host, Crystal, at your team at buildthatbiz.com or visit our nonprofit page at fullcolormovement.com. Stop wasting your time on things that don't matter. Let's get to work and turn your dreams into reality. Adults, teens, people of all ages. If you are a speaker, entrepreneur, inventor, or author, contact Crystal Richardson today to get your business started, get your invention developed and launched, get your book written, and more. Crystal and the Build That Biz team are ready to catapult your ideas from dreams to reality. Call 480-227-9743. Get ready to soar. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Soaring with Eagles with Crystal Richardson. Now, back to our show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Soaring with Eagles. We're happy to have you with us today. I just wanted to give a shout out uh, that I believe we added another country this past week. Uh, There were uh, listeners in Egypt. So I think we're up to 19 or 20. I think I'm losing count right now, but I uh, appreciate you all uh, listening into the show and hope it's, it's beneficial for you to empower you and to inspire you not just to do that, but to, uh, to make changes in your life, changes in your financial situation uh, so that you can uh, do what you were put on this earth to do. So uh, Vincent was put on this earth uh, to to uh, have an impact on fish with, you know, all of us. Well, most of us, a lot of people love fish, whether it's um, uh, fish that they have uh, 
and in Aquarius, people like to go fishing or, or eat fish. And he was just mentioning uh, where he grew up and, and what he did uh, in his spare time was uh, all related to fish. So um, we really appreciate uh, you just taking that as being, you know, your life journey and, and, and putting innovation behind that. So I want to talk a little bit about innovation. I want to talk about uh, what you um, what you did as far as like your schooling and uh, your employees and, you know, what kind of people work at Woosh Innovation. So so what is your background, Vincent? Yeah, well, I, I uh, thought I was going to be a marine uh, scientist growing up, but. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I ended up uh, pursuing uh, two degrees, political science and economics, and, be- and then a law degree, and, and then a master's of law in transnational business transactions. So um, in growing up in Seattle, uh, when Microsoft was growing up, if you will, that was um, uh, there was a whole slew of developers that uh, started growing up around that company, and, and uh, I was uh, attracted to, to the to that as well. Um, so I became a licensing attorney um, and, wow. uh, and working for uh, Adobe Systems. I was there at a very fun time and I was uh, enamored with the uh, technology at the time when it first came out. I, it was startlingly, uh, you know, what you could do with uh, that in the day, um, how clear it was on the screen and so forth uh, and uh, your paper. And it used to be such that you couldn't see it. The family that I grew up in was uh, an entrepreneurial, serial, almost serial entrepreneurial family, although none of us, that was not our primary uh, educational background. So it tended to be in medical devices and that kind of, uh, of thing. I think that discipline that came from growing up in that environment uh, carried over here. And uh, not, I guess not being afraid is uh, the uh, easiest way to say it not being afraid of trying something that everybody else said was going to be impossible. Um, right. And, that, and so every uh, one of those businesses was, was something like that. It was a problem that was, uh, had existed for a long time <laughs> that, uh, that needed a different way of thinking about it. And, uh, and this was certainly one of those. Uh, we were talking about moving fish up river without using water. And that, you know, that does, is not intuitive at all. Right, <laughs> so, right. So, and so, so when was, what, what, what year was this? Well, we, the, we started the company on the fruit side back in uh, 2007. We conceived of the idea. We then, okay. for, about a, for about a year, uh, I would say, just uh, were testing the, what turns out to be the core technology to move the fish in the tube um, and uh, had to satisfy ourselves that we had something that could could work. Um, and that was at that point that we formalized the company. Uh, we spent the first five years on the fruit uh, issue before we, uh, we moved on to fish. And so we've been doing fish for six or seven years exclusively. Okay. Okay. And uh, Michael, when did you join the company? I joined the company about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I was drawn to the company by that same spirit that uh, Vince just described, um, taking on a challenge and and not just accepting that it's not possible. So mm-hmm. um, uh, I was very was introduced to to Vince by one of our board members um, and was uh, 
enamored with what they were taking on, with what Woosh was taking on, and was uh, really excited to join the team and, and help push this forward. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. That's excellent. And and one thing I I, I want to just touch on is that uh, you know in in business and and in life. Uh, Anything that we talk about in the show, there's there's always a, a life application, I, and so here you're just something that's just kind of like counterintuitive. You know, fish are supposed to just uh, they're supposed to just swim, right? You know, with the with the current and not going upstream. And so now you're doing something that that is allowing them and helping them to go the opposite way, but it's it's for an obvious uh, purpose. Uh, and so when you talk about what you do. Some people, it, it seems like, you know, you could have some some cross-eyed looks as to why are you doing that, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I would say that um, just personally, I've noticed when I explain to people, oh, yes, we can move fish up over dams using, uh, using no water and putting them through a tube, there's usually about a three-second pause as they're slowly processing what it is you're talking about. Right. But, start explaining it that then becomes it makes it makes good sense um and you you get a lot of interest in what we do okay so let's talk about the engineering aspects of this now um you you didn't mention engineering at all vincent in your in your background or or you michael is that correct that's correct yeah we have a engineering team yeah so uh what we did i can explain uh there we had uh Previously, I'd been involved in a medical device company, and uh, that was sold uh, uh, off to Medtronics. Um, and so the original engineers that we brought on board were from that company. And uh, the, it was a very deliberate uh, attempt to not bring in fish, uh, folks that had focused on the fish problem, uh, because we needed the out-of-the-box thinking. The, the ideas uh, came not from the engineers. Uh, the, the engineers figured out how to do it. The ideas about how to do that really came from uh, observation of fish and acknowledgement of the problem that we were trying to solve. So it was defining the problem that had to be solved here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, another element that we haven't discussed here was part of this problem with having just fish go through, uh, swim up, is that any fish uh, potentially can swim through. And so if you have an invasive species, um, then those invasive species can also pass uh, upstream. And so the whole problem that you have with carp, uh, the flying carp that you see um, on videos and so forth, in the Missouri and the Mississippi and so forth, that may be 80% now of the biomass that's in those rivers. if you're just trying to block the fish, uh, ultimately they get past those blockages. And uh, so we needed a, a, a way to allow the, the native fish passage so that they could successfully spawn, but not allow the invasive species and actually have an opportunity to manage or remove those uh, invasive species at the same time. So there were so many problems. Um, and I, I was just speaking with somebody the other day. It's, it's taking from a passive approach to an active approach in in solving this problem. And uh, so the system is actively managing um, passage and, uh, mm-hmm. and at the same time actively um, providing uh, additional resource uh, for the benefit of everybody else, whether that's ag or, or uh, energy production. So, so you're able to sort the fish. We, we autonomously sort the fish. Uh, there's a scanning sorting technology. 
And uh, this is where Adobe did come in <laughs> a bit, my background there, um, and uh, uh, certainly from imaging, image recognition and so forth, I was very aware of what was possible outside mm -hmm. of the industry um, and knew what we were looking for. And when we looked around, this was initially in the fruit side of things, we didn't mm -hmm. see it. Uh, we didn't see it. Uh, we ultimately uh, came together with a uh, company uh, that was out of Europe that had a had developed a real-time operating system to process images very quickly. Um, and in these situations, when we've got fish or fruit <laughs> moving through uh, at a very rapid pace, we had to be able to sort uh, just as fast. And so to be able mm -hmm. to take a, a high-definition image and then make a decision all within uh, a fraction of a second such that uh, the fruit or the fish was being delivered to the right location was uh, another part of the of the development effort. So we had to have the transport part, which was the whoosh transport tubes, uh, the migration tubes, and then as well as the sorting capability in order to completely solve the problem. And uh, it's been it's been a journey because uh, this on the safety side of things, it was the tubes that everybody was concerned about initially. But what was most interesting was the biologists when they quickly when they saw it and they realized that this there was no seams there was no um, place if you will for a fish to be injured they quickly got past it but it was the engineers who had been um, always thinking in this other way that were really struggling with the how are you you're solving this so simply um, and you know it was almost as why didn't I think of it uh, type of, of thing right but the people that were focused on the issue were you know they were hy hydro engineers and civil engineers they mm -hmm. they didn't have the electronics or the mechanical background to okay. to address the problem that way and so it was really just well, bringing a team together that could do that my degree is in industrial engineering, so you just let me know if there's any other help you need, and I'll be there for you. <laughs> so, um, Michael, what 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 are the main points that you you touch on when when you're trying to bring on a new uh, a, a new area to to have your systems installed? Uh, Vincent mentioned a number of things. Is there one key thing that is is important to potential uh, customers? Uh, safety of the fish. Um, and we can, you know, we can assure that there's, I think I mentioned at the beginning, there's probably three main benefits that I usually summarize for people okay. to start, which is, you know, safety for the fish. So there's the environmental benefit. And then of course there's the clean energy benefit because you have the water savings. Um, and then there's, you know, I'm talking to people about possibly adopting this technology is it's much more cost effective way um, to, to move fish from point A to point B than, than the current mm -hmm. method. Mm -hmm. Current methods are a bit, you know, fish ladders or what they call trap and haul, which is putting them in the back of a truck and driving them around. Um, all of those are fairly stressful for the fish. And so um, I, I guess to answer your question about main, the main points I usually talk about with people are um, the environmental safety for the fish, the clean energy benefit, and the cost effectiveness. Okay, great, great. So uh, again, just taking this back to a general business perspective is that you, you have to know your products. You have to know what it is that you have as an offering. And then the main things that you can touch on that can uh, have someone want to want to do business with you. And obviously, if you have the component in there, he talked about the cost savings, you know, having 
percentages and the information related to that uh, is benefit. And um, uh, again, I keep going back to the, the technology portion. Uh, if you heard the portion of the interview just now with Vincent, where he said that he did not want people in that industry, as far as uh, engineers were concerned, he wanted other people so that they could uh, basically bring in out of the box thinking into his company. And so if you are a person who uh, is looking for a job or even looking to start uh, a new company, um, those are the kinds of thought patterns that you need to have. And, and it's okay to hire people that are in the industry that you're in. I mean, I'm in medical devices and I do a lot of other things too, uh, but that's how I got started at one of the main companies that I worked for. Um, it was Motorola Life Sciences. Everyone knows Motorola to be, you know, the phone company and, and, and semiconductor and other things back then, uh, years and years ago. Uh, and they didn't want any of the quality people from there, even though that's where Sigma uh, got its station and, and start. Uh, they wanted someone that was already in the medical field. So out of all of the hundreds of uh quality people uh, that were there, they didn't want them. Like I said, they wanted someone that had out-of-the-box thinking related to medical devices. And so that's actually, uh, guys, how I got started um, uh, here in Arizona. I've been in medical devices and engineering and, and all of that for the last 38 years or so. Uh, so it's been uh, it's been a long ride. I'm, I'm 54 years old. I always have to say that because people are like, 38 years? Did you start when you were two years old or something? Like, no. <laughs> I'm a similar age, but to, to speak to your, uh, the, on the medical device side, uh, my sister is here, uh, who is our biological uh, and environmental scientist, but okay. her prior, prior career was, uh, she developed uh, the primary scientist behind developing uh, Gardasil for what, what is now Merck uh, for the HPV virus. Uh, and, uh, and my father with... Uh, what's now known as the Brian cervical disc, uh, which is a replacement disc in the neck here. In each one of those instances, uh, it, was, it was bringing team members together to, to think about the problem. And you do, there is, the, the engineers are absolutely necessary. I didn't mean to, uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to uh, suggest otherwise, but I think where the engineers uh, really excel is in um, the incredible amount of detail and thought and uh, that has to go through every scenario. Not being an engineer, you are not uh, constrained initially <laughs> by right. those thoughts, and uh, you may you may not know the physics um, of it. So you say, "Why can't this be done?" And then the challenge is for the uh, the engineers to figure out how that can be done. Uh, but uh, I think that's the that's the uh, marriage that has to happen is uh, to be able to think out of the box. Yes. And then thinking, I think the other element of it is thinking bigger than you ever thought. Um, so uh, what we do when we, <laughs> I was asked in another interview just the other day, they said, you know, what, what is your, what's, what's your goal here? And I said, well, there's 85,000 dams in this country. And, you know, if we put uh, uh, just uh, produce 11 systems a day, in 20 years, we can have fish passage on every dam in the country. Uh, and that there's a million dams in the world. So it's, these are not, and I, I use the example of Tesla, you know, they're trying to get up to 5,000 or 6,000 or 7,000 cars a day. We're talking about 11. Um, 
So these are really not uh, unreasonable numbers. Uh, and somehow we got to 85,000 dams built over the last 125 years. Right, right. right. <laughs> so so it's, these, aren't, uh, these, aren't, uh, these aren't impossible numbers, but everybody is focused on the local, you know, the, uh, what's in my backyard. And we're constantly asking everybody to step back. Think about the bigger problem here as a, as a society and as a planet that we're trying to solve. And then uh, the path becomes a lot clearer. That that is that was very insightful, very insightful. And just the the numbers that you mentioned that there's you know over one million dams in the world and eighty five thousand. You said here in the United States or yes, yes. Wow, wow, yeah. So it may be eleven that you're talking about. You mentioned what per day? Yeah, if we could produce eleven per day, uh, you would have it would take uh, 20 years approximately to years. have, have uh, fish passage on all those dams. I should clarify, those 85,000 dams, the vast majority of them have no hydropower on them at all. They are, it's 20, only 2,500 of those. And so really our vision, if you want to think of the economics around this and, and the business model here, uh, if you look at a transition to electric uh, energy <laughs> as a uh, as something that is inevitable, uh, and you need the base load that hydropower can provide, or the fossil fuels can provide, or nuclear provide. You need that element to go with wind and solar. Um, so if you have hydro, and now you have all these dams across the country mm -hmm. that, that don't have hydropower on them at all, but could, um, and they don't have fish passage at all right now too. So there's a marriage here that if you allow small hydro on these dams and provide uh, that provides also the funding to do the fish passage. You actually solve both problems, um, and it can. It need not all be government funding. It can fund itself, and that's and that's where the water savings piece of this becomes so important. Is that now that ten percent of water that you were from a from the hydro operators was waste uh, from an energy production uh, for fish was critical. Um, if you can marry those two and make it. Uh, make money and still have the fish pass uh, successfully. In fact, better. <laughs> uh, then we are. Then we're in a, a really good place, and we can have the recovery of the fish, but also the recovery of the planet. Right. Well, I, I really just want to honor you and thank you for for all that you're doing uh, from a stewardship perspective. Uh, that was the the name of the show, you know, soaring with innovation and and stewardship. And you know, if there's more companies out there that are are just taking that step forward to to do what's needed to to save our planet, so to speak, you know, for our children and our children's children to be able to have fish in in, in this in this uh, instance. Um, you know, we, we need to, to do what we can to, to promote and to honor and to highlight uh, stories like this so that people, uh, for one, uh, if they uh, are involved in any area of, uh, like you said, ag or an environment and, and want to get in touch with you guys, uh, that's something they would be able to do and, and maybe have, you know, some potential um, uh, clients, customers out of this, but also just to have where people are aware 
of, of the issues um, that are out there in the environment, the issues that the fish are having and, and it's causing us not to have, uh, you know, the, there's the decline in fish you know, overall. And so if you were to build those 11 per day, I mean, that's thousands and thousands and maybe millions of fish that would be able to be, um, to be where they need to be in order to go through that spawning process. Absolutely. Billions, I would say. Uh, and uh, I, I think I, it's important for everybody, uh, the audience here to know how important you are to the success of companies like us. And uh, when you're uh, taking on from a private company, taking on a public problem, um, it, uh, the politicians uh, are key in this, but they need to hear from their constituents that this is some, this is a change that they want that, that their constituents want to see. They, the politicians then can help direct the, the bureaucracies to make that happen. And uh, can, uh, I, can I stop you right there for just one moment, Elby, because we do need to go to our next break. Are you okay yes. to talk about that when we come back? Do you have time? Sure. Okay. Okay, great. All right. We'll take our last and final break and we will be right back with more Soaring with Eagles. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Stop wasting your time on things that don't matter. Let's get to work and turn your dreams into reality. Adults, teens, people of all ages. If you are a speaker, entrepreneur, inventor, or author, contact Crystal Richardson today to get your business started, get your invention developed and launched, get your book written, and more. Crystal and the Build That Biz team are ready to catapult your ideas from dreams to reality. Call 480-227-9743. Get ready to soar. Want to shift someone's destiny? Calling all CPAs, a.k.a. community and corporate partners in action. Become a community liaison or a corporate sponsor for our Give Hope Drives for the homeless and needy families. Donate tax-deductible funds, food, blankets, and books. Sponsor and serve our monthly luncheon. Mentor a youth or go on a foreign mission and make a difference. Contact our Soaring with Eagles radio show host, Crystal at your team at buildthatbiz.com or visit our nonprofit page at fullcolormovement.com. Join us, sponsor us, provide internships for us. Echelon Leadership Institute open enrollment starts in January for our summer leadership and business boot camp. Students ages 7 to 12 can enroll in Echelon Junior, ages 13 to 21 in Echelon Core. Get enrolled and gain the edge you need to succeed. Echelon Leadership Institute. Join us this summer because mediocrity is not an option. Go to g3qara.com or call 480-227-9743 today. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Soaring with Eagles with Crystal Richardson. Now, back to our show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to our last and final segment. We're happy to be here with Michael and Vincent with Woosh Innovation. I love just saying that name. It's just, it's so, so cool. And the way they spell it, uh, just so that you know, it's, let's see if I get this right, guys. W-H-O-O-S-H-H. Did I get it right? 
That's correct. Bush Innovation. So, um, Vincent, I apologize. I had to interrupt you because we had to go to our last break. But you were just talking about how people could interact with their the politicians in their area and uh, other government officials in order to to um, talk about maybe how to get this technology implemented in their area. Could you uh, give a little bit more information on that? Sure. Uh, you know, I think. The problem that uh, the, the politicians have been dealing with has often uh, created a, uh, a really a bifurcated uh, two sides. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're either for the fish or you're for the energy, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, that has made it very difficult for the politicians to move anything forward. And what we're uh, the technology that we have is is providing a third path. Um, but they have to hear uh, really from their constituents that this is something that they want. That you want to see happen. That uh, and uh, so, really, what uh, I was trying to say here is that there's a role for the public um, when we're because we're helping in a problem that is largely a public issue, a public policy uh, problem. Uh, if you make your politicians aware um, that you're aware of uh, technologies such as Woosh or other innovative technologies. Um, the environmental groups are great at bringing the issue to the table. Um, the there isn't a lot of um, uh, new innovation from a technology perspective that's been brought to to bear to the problem, and and uh, and just from a uh, uh, we're a private company, uh, not a nonprofit, and so. Uh, there's only so much that the politicians can do to help um, <laughs> directly. So they have to hear from the constituents that this is something that they want to see happen, um, that this is another way of solving the problem where you don't have to choose sides. You can, you can uh, help both the fish and uh, the water problem and, uh, and that uh, they need to create policies that all allow that to happen. Um, and sometimes when I say policies, that is because uh, a certain solution has been prescribed already. It's something that they've been doing for 50 years and nobody has looked at that on their books, the laws and the rules. And, and simple changes can be made that allow new technology to, to uh, come into those river situations. So that's what I'm talking about is, is really uh, if, if, it, if it's going to be just our company reaching out all of the time, uh, you know, it, it uh, does not have the credibility that it does when uh, those who are focused on the environment or focused on energy, focused on air, are bringing the same solution to the politicians and they're hearing that from, from uh, others, then they, then they can start to put together a policy that makes sense for, for all sides and, uh, and uh, that innovative technology can then do its thing, so to speak. And I think in a highly regulated area, that's necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with what you said, I'm going to go over to Michael here then based on based on what what you're talking about, Vincent, and and having to have the the voice of the people, I guess, is part of what you're saying is uh, in the areas, I guess we'll just focus on the United States, the the 85,000 dams. And then you mentioned 2,500, you know, that have the uh, hydropower. Um, Are there environmental groups that are in those in those cities that you're already reaching out to, to have that voice of the people come up to the politicians? Yes, yes, there are. Um, it, it, I think one thing that Vince mentioned was kind of 
key is that even though we might be able to, or even local environmental groups might be able to talk to uh, their local politicians and say, this is a problem, this is something we need to think about, um, it's, it's what is already written in the way to do it. Um, what's written in regulation or policy, this is the way we've done it. it, it right. It, it needs to be one pointed out that, well, maybe the way we've always done it is, could be improved. Um, because we see declining fish numbers, we and, and here is a solution. Um, the, the second thing is okay if if that is, then adjust the policy so that um, you can allow for different technologies. Um, because it, it's crazy, even though some people may see on its face, oh, this is a solution, but then you look at what the regulation says, and it doesn't fit within a black and white box um, of the way something was written fifty something was written written maybe fifty years ago. Um, you know, it's, it's some of the regulations need to be updated just as much as the technology does. Right, right. So with the groups that, that we're talking about, the different environmental groups are, are made up of, of people that some of them may have been around for, for a while. Are some of those people advocates of yours that are helping to get the regulations changed? Um, well, we're working on it. I mean, there's there are... So many environmental groups, and that's actually a good thing. I mean, it's, it's indicative of the fact that society cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but there are so many people to to work and reach out to. I mean, we're we're thirteen people in this company. Mm-hmm. So thirteen and a half, because I'm on board. I'll mention a few that. Um, uh, locally here, there's a group called Long Live the Kings that has done terrific work. Um, okay. Uh, is it, and uh, they have been uh, very helpful in helping guide us, uh, uh, both from um, making contacts and so forth, but also in uh, the politics of, of the issues. Uh, uh, but uh, on, the, on the more national scale, you have, uh, for example, Trout Unlimited, the, the Nature Conservancy, uh, American Rivers, uh, and at the national level, they have sort of come to the uh, understanding that uh, while it might be good to ha- not have any dams at all for the fish, that is also, um, if, if you take that position, I, I, I say this also, if you take down a dam a day, um, it takes, in the United States, it will take 234 years to take down every dam. So if you actually want to have fish, uh, that's not a solution either. You, you, you have to... Um, there's a certain practicality that has to be brought to bear. And I think at the national level, uh, that has, at, at, for these kinds of uh, groups, um, that has uh, understood. At times at the local level, you know, it's, people take a, a, a more radical position, <laughs> if you will. Um, sometimes that position may be the correct position. I'm not saying that there, not every dam is, is, should be up anymore. It's not per- uh, it may be dangerous, it may, uh, for example. Right. Um, but um, I, and I want to also give uh, the the tribes um, a lot of credit here. In uh, they have been saying this, you know, since the white man arrived, uh, that we've got that we've got to find um, a balance and uh, between nature and what we as a people need. And I think historically they knew that for their own people. Right. Uh, and I, I think we, as environmentalism has grown in this country, have come to understand it that it's necessary for us as well. And so, uh, you know, 
that that uh, orca whale that I think hit the news uh, here in the Northwest when the that baby whale died uh, and the mother carried it on its on on its head there for so seventeen days or so. I mean that what a powerful statement that was uh, to all of us of the importance I, I suppose of the whole food web and and for for us uh, we have and uh, in the, in the, certainly in the state of Washington have taken that um, symbol uh, there. Uh, as as a uh, a real call to action, and uh, I think that the the key part of that is that the action must produce results. It cannot just be action uh, for the sake of action, and uh, and that's where I think Michael was saying we can't repeat things that didn't work before by doing more of the same. Um, right. Right. Um, so that's and and I think that's where the technologies of today uh, brought to environmental concerns can actually help um, solve the environmental problems uh, where in the past maybe the technology was uh, hurting it. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, this the show and some of the things you said, you know, it's just chock full, full of information. And so I, I just want to uh, encourage everyone to, to listen to the show once again, just go back, through and do a replay and and do what you can in your own areas to to bring some of this information to the forefront. And uh, not all companies are out there trying to do something to help save the environment and and, and regulation. And there's there's a lot easier business models that you could potentially have, but you know these these people did not take the the that road, the easy road. And so again, I keep using the word applaud, but I just would like to applaud you once again for all of what you're doing. And um, the 13 people there, 13 and a half <laughs> that you have as part of Woosh Innovations, I just wanted to thank you all as well. And uh, I wish you guys the best. And uh, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you very much. Well, thanks. And thanks for joining the team here. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am going to be back in touch with you. I have a couple of things I want to talk to you about. So uh, sure. you guys have a great day and um, we'll be reaching out again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Soaring with Eagles. Please join Crystal Richardson again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition. Let's soar together, give back to our communities, and change the world.